always have an issue. What you finna do? What you finna do? What you what you finna do? What you finna do? Hi guys, it's Natasha again, your girl. This time I'm back to do hot topics, but I have a special guest again, which I love to do because y'all know I could talk all day by myself, but it's more fun when the homies are here. So this time I have a longtime friend who is like the ish in this business. So like I'm honored to even call her a friend. Um, So she is the former editor in chief. At mm-hmm. Ebony Magazine. Mm-hmm. Also, she's the current head of development at Rainforest Productions. Y'all know all about that, and we're going to talk more about that. And also now the co-executive producer of The Quad on BET. Welcome, Mitzi Miller. Hi. Yay! Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Thank yes. you for being here, because I like to have my friends on, but friends that are like, doing big things and can talk from you know like not just like my friend from the block or like the corner but like not that we don't need our friends from the block of the corner yes yes so and if y'all heard Aston barking y'all already know the deal y'all know who he is and y'all know how he is he's um, here with me now he's on my lap happy to be a part of the podcast with me today hi handsome he's crazy okay so I wanted Mitzi to come on because she has different perspectives of the industry but also she likes to talk ish with me as yes, a fan I do. and as a fan and a hater. I mean, hey, we, we don't love everything. <laughs> you got to have balance. Balance. So balance. I love this and I love that you're here. She's only in town for a few days. So, of course, she stopped by YBFHQ to chop it up. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. So the quad just premiered. It did. So I saw it like a month ago um, okay. at the at the premiere. And y'all heard me talk about it on the podcast during when I had Carew on and we did all those reviews of the movies and the shows coming out in the winter. And I gave my review of it then. And so, I mean, I saw a lot of people talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I mean, I know that you were talking about earlier, right before we started, that you were concerned about. I want to make sure we get a season two. But I don't think that there's anything to be concerned about. I think. I think that y'all got that. Like, how, tell me how this whole situation came about. We know that you're a FAMU grad. Yes, ma'am. Proud like, Rattler. I feel like everybody involved in this show <laughs> is a FAMU Practically. I'm a Rattler. Rob Hardy, who is the, came up with the concept four years ago when he sold it to BET, is a Rattler. Our star, Nico Noni Rose, is a Rattler. Mm-hmm. Countless people behind the scenes are Rattlers. Yeah, we're, we're deep. The HBCU love is real. It was filmed on the campus of Morris Brown and Morehouse. Um, yeah, this is just what we do, you know, HBCU love, but, um, how it came about. So uh, almost four years ago, Rob came up with the concept and took it into BET and sold it to Laretha Jones. Okay. I think the last name is Jones, Laretha. And unfortunately, as things happen in this industry, they loved the idea. They could totally see the concept, but it, it sort of sat. And so when I joined Rainforest Entertainment, uh, almost two years ago, it'll be two years in March. One of the first things I did was have a conversation with a good friend of mine and now executive at BT's Lola Marshariki. Okay. Yeah. And so I caught up with her, found out what her objectives were, and she mentioned wanting to do something specifically 
for the HBCU market. And I was like, well, you don't say. Rainforest already has a project that's sort of been sitting there and shelved. Like, I would love for you to take a look at the script. Mm -hmm. And Zola will tell anybody, like, I literally hounded her. Like, no, 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 you need to read this. You need to read this. But you have to do that. Like, no one is going to champion you more than you champion yourself. Please talk about that. Even if you have something amazing and something great and it's so obviously great. You have to. Until you're the 800-pound gorilla in the room, as Mm -hmm. Rob likes to say, everybody has to fight and fight and fight and be their own cheerleader and use – there's no such thing as pride, right? Right. Because all no means is not here. There's no permanently closed door. There's always a way. Right. Um, And so – Delay is not denial. Exactly. So I pushed and pushed, and Zola read it finally, and she loved it. And the ball started rolling from there. And Loretha had already um, brought on, like, assigned a showrunner to the project, Felicia Henderson. So we just picked up right where they kind of left off. Um, I love hearing how stories come about because, I mean, I think everybody, no matter what industry you're in, everybody has a struggle to get from point A to point B. While it seems so obvious, like, and I go through the same thing, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't I be on a TV show? Why wouldn't I get this? Why wouldn't I get that? I'm always yelling at you. I know. And it's like, (laughs) well, because sometimes even though it's obvious, it's not obvious to everyone. And you also have to self-advocate and have someone else advocate on your behalf. Absolutely. And that's that's hard sometimes. It's about your team. Mm -hmm. Because I would say 60 to 75% of the conversations are happening when you're not in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to be self-aware and mindful of how you treat others. The major decisions are not made in your face. People will smile and tell you yes all day long. But as soon as you leave, they'll be like, so what do you really think? Mm -hmm. And if they can't turn to their neighbor and hear a good word, you're going to get set back. Mm. Or there's going to be a pause that you didn't even expect. It right. really is about karma. That's so real. And like you said, the, the most of the conversations happen when you're not in the room. So building that team who can advocate for you, who's who's already in those rooms that you're not in, it's almost like imperative. It's like, to me, when I look at certain situations that happen, and I'm sure you have gone through this a million times on the magazine editorial side as well as now TV, you see, oh, okay, we're, we see a lack of XYZ on TV. Let's create that. Okay, now we have it. So why aren't these execs flying to me and being like, hey, I see that you have this. Can we buy this? And can we have it? And we're done. It seems so obvious because it's like, isn't that your job as an exec at XYZ Studio to go shop and feel, and, and scout different projects? Yeah, but not everybody does their job. Every, not everyone is not lazy. And you also have to advocate and put it out there and make sure they understand. Also, people come from different backgrounds. And it's not necessarily always a black and white thing. But not everybody understands the HBCU life. Not everybody understands the black girl life. And those are the people that the people that don't understand, those are the people in power at these networks and at in corporate America and things like that. So we have to make them understand and make and show them why it's so obvious, right? No, I, I can definitely agree with everything that you're saying. But I think that there's more to it. I think sometimes the people in the decision-making positions, one, it's not obvious to them for the reason that you say that because it doesn't touch them intimately Mm -hmm. and they're not familiar. Another reason is that nowadays, more than ever, it's a numbers game. And so people are trying to hold on to their jobs. And so rather than take the risk of going out on a limb for something that they have not seen before and therefore will not know 
will not be able to accurately predict how it will perform. They would rather repeat what they know. And that happens more than not. Everybody wants a win because everybody is so replaceable. There's no excess anymore. What the the past couple years and the recession and the cutbacks have taught us is that if a corporation can get a job done that was once required 10, can still get it done with three, they're never hiring back 10 people. Right, right. And so now you're forced to fight and, and, and prove out that you're worthy in ways that you didn't have to before. There's so much less room for mistakes. I was speaking with um, a friend of mine who is an exec at Paramount Studios, mm-hmm. and she's one of the very few minorities in a decision-making position. Mm-hmm. And, she's and that's huge, by the way. Absolutely, unbelievably huge. And I felt really lucky because she was able to be candid with me. And she was like, listen, we had a challenging year here and nobody is trying to get fired. So everybody is going with safe choices that are proven out that they can say, okay, this is like this and made these numbers. And that's why, especially readers and people that are listening now, uh, YBF readers and YBF listeners, I get a lot of that in our comment section. Oh, here we go. Another show about X. Isn't this the same thing that just came out last year? They're just trying to copy off of so-and-so. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because it's monkey see, monkey do out in this industry. You're absolutely right. When Empire Blue every studio in town was looking for their version of empire yep Yep. it wasn't like oh that's great empire blue so therefore we know that black people or people of color or people are interested in the lives of people of color no they were like we need a music industry show with this same type of theme and this same type of soapy drama yep and that that explained well that that's the answer to y'all's question when y'all are always asking in the comments why do we have mm-hmm. the same things over and over there you are mm-hmm. um so we have to advocate for ourselves and this count this is not just for the music industry or the movie industry it's for everywhere every this corporate is america everywhere. if you working at wendy's and you trying to move up to manager it does you're not in a hospital, matter you trying to become the head nurse you're right. trying to move into a specialized field you want right. to take over a department it doesn't matter nowadays it's not just knowing people it's making sure that the people know you and will speak kindly on your behalf when you're not around and advocate we saw hidden figures we saw that's literally what that movie was about mm-hmm. you know people advocating on someone else's behalf and also putting yourself in the door not just being like i mean obviously they were all qualified right so right. duh why not bring and they even sabotaged themselves us as americans sabotaged ourselves because we were too stupid to say or too stupid to just overlook sexism and racism. We but were didn't rather we just do that in this recent election. Don't even start. Oh, okay. it. Don't even just start. Checking. It. Just checking. While the whole entire time I was watching Hidden Figures, I was like, "So this is what just happened." And if anybody does not see the correlation, I don't know what to tell you. It's not. It's we not bite off that, our. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we'll cut off our nose to spite yeah, our face yeah. every single time, um, and history will constantly repeat itself. As long as we refuse to learn and make adjustments. People are are scared to pivot. Mm -hmm. And what I feel more than ever is that people are, the majority of people are moving out of fear. And and, and it's unfortunate because risk is a requirement of success. Requirement. You can't say that you want to win, but you don't want to be scared. And you don't want it to be hard. And you don't want to deal with the unknown. So then you don't really want to win. Exactly. You don't really want to be successful. You want to do the same thing over and over and have a different result. 
that does not work. That's actually the definition of insanity. <laughs> the definition of it. So, um, so y'all, I wanted this to be inspirational as well, and hopefully that's what this is. But I know that I go through the same thing and what I do, and I know that y'all go through the same thing too. So always advocate for you. Do not just rely on the fact that you were smart enough and talented enough, because I'm sure that's the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. it's black girl magic all up and but through the, my readers. But Absolutely. But there's always a big fish in a small pond. Yes. It's about pushing your boundaries. It's about saying, you know what? I know I can do this. Let me go try this thing that frightens me. Exactly. Hmm. What um what what can we expect from the quad? I I know I don't even know how many shows they showed us. I feel <laughs> like we were in there for like two and a half hours. You might have been. They probably showed you three. Because um, oh, okay. the, the first one, which was really a MOW, a movie of the week, was about mm-hmm. an hour and a half. Oh, and okay. so the, each episode is an hour. We shot in total uh, 10, but last night equal two. So okay. the next one will be 103. So tell us where we're at right now in the show and what we can expect. So right now you've pretty much been introduced to all the major players. You've been introduced to the students. You've finally met Dr. Eva Fletcher. You met her husband back in Connecticut. You met six. Wait, are they still married? That's what I'm a little confused about. Okay, they are still married. They're separated. They're They're legally separated separated because of the scandal involving the Jason, the grad student. Right. Mm. Um, You've met the administrators um, at GAMU that Mm -hmm. needed her, needed her, right, but didn't want her. Right. And so you met the the band director, and um, between the band director and the the backstabbing administrators, mm, those mm. are going to be probably the biggest challenges, direct challenges to her success. Mm-hmm. She she kind of gets in her own way as well. Yes, yes. You will see that too. And we're all we're all flawed. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And there, no one is perfect, and that that includes her husband. But we do live in a society where there are certain morals and rules. And even though they're not always equal across the board, Mm -hmm. you see her trying to figure out how do you do damage control when you put, when you've gone a little bit too far. Yeah. Um, Something I wanted to talk about because I noticed it immediately, maybe just because I'm a woman in business, but I noticed the sexism immediately Mm -hmm. and the things she was going, I don't think that they would have put a male. hmm, I don't think they would have put a male president through what they put Anika Noni Rose's character through. Um, but I do think that there's also that second dynamic of at a HBCU, really at any, at any college, whatever's the dominant thing, like at predominantly white institutions, it's probably football or basketball. Mm-hmm. At, HB, at this particular HBCU, it's the band. Mm-hmm. That's the, the grabbing that's factor the, for that's everybody. The, that's, that's the, the breadwinner. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the bank. So if anybody comes in threatening that or trying to change that, like shut it all the way down, right? Like all she's the, trying closing to do. ranks, closing ranks. Well, the thing is, she's not trying to shut it down, and that's what's she's so ironic. Change it. She's trying to change. She's trying right. to bring in change. She's trying to force a pivot. Um, and she, but it also is, she is an outsider. Mm-hmm. So you have a very serious fish out of water moment here. You have a woman coming from the Northeast, mm-hmm. moving down south. That in and of itself is going to be a problem. That's true. You're, you, you don't know That's about true. these southern rules. As someone that moved from the northeast to go to school down south in Florida, I know the, the learning curve was so steep. I was not ready. <laughs> like, I'm not, I mean, I mean it's the first year, it took me almost a year, year and a half to really feel comfortable in Tallahassee. I remember the first Tallahassee time. Tallahassee is not just the South. It's the, the South. It's the South. It's the it's South. The, right. Exactly. I mean, I remember the first time I walked into 
um, it might have been a subway, and they were preparing my sandwich without gloves or hairnets. And I was like, it sounds so petty, but I was like, absolutely not. I was like, um, ma'am, where are your gloves? Where's your hairnet? Right. And then I went to the grocery store, and people were barefoot. And I was like, I went home, and I called my mom. I was like, I'm not going to make it. These people are filthy. Like, but this is what the culture was. The right. kind of like... And they saw me as being a nitpicky northerner. And who, bougie. And bougie and funny acting. And, like, it's not a big deal. Like, people walk around barefoot all the time. And they still do. Ooh. Like, but that's not my life. Like, right. I'm going to need you to be. I felt like I needed you to be more sanitary. They felt like <laughs> washing their hands was good enough. You know? Different. It, yeah. Culture, culture differences. Yeah. So she has that going against her. You have the gender issues. Right. You have the fact that this school has corruption embedded in it. And now you have someone coming and shining a mag- like a light on it. The people involved don't want to get caught. Right. There's a reason that the, the school is on the verge of bankruptcy. And she has no skin in the game, so everybody could get thrown under the bus. Well, let's talk about that in HBCUs and, let's and, talk about and the money situation. Now, there are you know arguments on both sides. And they talk about it in the show. Are HBCUs null and void? Like, is it a moot point in 2017? How? You know, this is this is the argument. I want to know who's having these conversations. Who's having these foolhardy conversations? What well, part of it in the is world? because of the money situation? People right. are saying, why is there always a mishandling of money in a lot of these schools? Well, there's mishandling of money at predominantly white institutions. 100%. We, we just don't hear about it. Right. I think the biggest difference, honestly, between a predominantly white institution and HBCUs is that the the amount of money that the grad students give back. I think yeah. that's where we're lagging. Yeah. And that's where you, where we hurt ourselves, right? Because the amount of corruption, the amount of stealing, the amount of crazy that goes on at those institutions is equal, if not paramount. Yeah. Like, let's look at the scandal with the football teams, with, with the athletic programs. Kids Baylor getting just hurt. got called out right. Everybody's last getting week. called out. Kids yeah. are getting hurt. Nobody wants to talk about that. Um, but... When people graduate from a predominantly white institution, there is an understanding that when you succeed, it was because of your time here, and therefore you are obligated to give back and help. Hmm. When we leave HBCUs, for whatever the reason, we don't always feel an obligation. Mm -hmm. The majority of us don't feel that obligation. And it's disappointing to me. Like I will always say, I would say 90% 8% of HBCU grads go on to have a very stable upper middle class yeah. life. And that's nothing to sneeze at. Like you don't have to be a millionaire to give consistently $50 a month back to your school. That's true. Like you could be working in a fa- like in a toll booth. You could be picking up garbage on the side of the street. You're not. You're we're principals, we're upper we're upper management and corporations like we may not be the presence, but we're the we're the cogs keeping the engines going when, when we're not at the top. We're consistently rounding out this economy, and those are achievements. That's true, and we need to see it as such and be and appreciate what we've gotten from these institutions. And that's not to downplay how many HBCU grads are in the upper echelon. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, there's an HBCU oh, yeah. grad. Like, mm-hmm. don't sleep. But my thing is. The 1% is going to be the 1%, but that layer under it, it's filled with HBCU grads. Mm -hmm. But they're not all giving back to their schools the way that they should. Do you feel, outside of the money issue, do you still feel like it is a necessary, um, I I don't even want to say the word division, even though other people say that. Yes, I do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you know what HBCUs do? They take our okay students and turn them into stars. 
Mm. Okay. Um, uh, someone that makes C's or C minuses, D's, whatever, you can still get into an HBCU. And because of the infrastructure at our schools, the way we provide excellence with caring and we push and lift everyone and leave no one behind, mm-hmm. you can come in a freshman on the, on the cusp and graduate straight top of the class right, because right. that's what we do. And you, don't, you won't have that opportunity at a PWI. They're not taking our average. They're taking our above average only. That's true. And there I has to be some place for all of us to go. Yeah. Because everyone learns differently. Yeah. And so you may be coming from an environment and a school where unfortunately they didn't teach you the way that you were able to learn. But when you get to college and you get around other like-minded people and you see different things, you have a better chance to succeed. And that's what HBCUs provide. We're that safety net. We care about us. Yeah. We make us the priority. You don't have to fight to be heard. You like this is your opportunity. This is your platform to figure yourself out, to fall down and get back up with help and with helping hands, as opposed to being like, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. I'm alone. One of five hundred people I'm, in the class, right? And and, and and we scrap in just to be noticed. Mm-hmm. Like it is very necessary, and they have their associations and their organizations that are specifically for them. And no one ever asks them, well, do you need the Jew- do you need the Jewish organization? Mm-hmm. Do you do you do we do we need this club just for Italians? No one ever asked if they, you know like yeah. no one ever asked that. So why do we question ourselves? Right. We have to support our own. I'm not downing predominantly white institutions. I have a ton of friends that went there, but they will all tell you that their experience was markedly different and missing something than the HBCU oh, experience. Oh, absolutely. And it, it just is. It just is. I can definitely and I and, that. I and I and I and I wholly believe we need it so that our those of us that didn't make the above average cut have somewhere to go. You don't have to feel like, I'm just, I'm stuck. Yeah. And I've never heard that argument before, but that makes perfect sense, especially if you believe in, um, you know, I don't know how you feel about nationalized education or even this secretary of education who probably won't get, probably won't get confirmed. But She don't care nothing about our babies. But like if you believe against what she believes and say that there everyone learns differently and Absolutely. and it's not it's not a one size fit all with education and then if Absolutely you don't not. reach this then you're just stuck like right. chuck you, and you, you need like, to go just best of luck go go to right. the military go right. go go do something else go go stand around right no like we are all different we are all a product of our experiences we our identities are defined by what we went through but everyone deserves a chance to push through if that's what you want mm-hmm if that's what mm-hmm. you want. And I'm not saying the HBCUs only take the average. I got into top tier predominantly right. white institutions and made the decision to go to FAMU. That was a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying everyone should, there's, the door should be open to all. Right. And we know for sure the door is not open to all at predominantly white institutions, at least not all of us. Right. Okay. Otherwise, homegirl in Texas, Abby. Right. The if y'all don't remember, Abby's the she's the white girl that that claimed that because was it like reverse discrimination? Yeah, she claimed she was basically saying? reverse discrimination that because she didn't get a spot in the freshman class at University of Texas because they held two percent or some ridiculously small number for minorities, and that number of minorities kept her from getting in when all of her friends got in. Well, you just weren't good enough, Abby. Well, that's the thing, Abby. Like, you, it's, <laughs> 90% was available to you, mm-hmm. and you just didn't, you didn't even make the 90%. Right. 
Like if 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 it's ninety out of a hundred, you couldn't make that ninety. Right. Have a seat. And just FYI, with that even with that two percent, um, because I went to a, I went to a state school in Texas. I went to Texas A and M and. The thing about that is, and this is what we used to always get into arguments about in student government, it's not saying that the the criteria is lowered. The criteria is the exact, exact same. same. What they're ask, what they're what they're pledging is, with that criteria being the same, those two percent of spots, and at A and M, it's not even two percent. Like we have one one percent right. of blacks in the entire school. Um, that percentage has to go to blacks or minorities who fit the criteria right that again they're not taking your average they're, they're not, not taking anything from you they, they, they happen to meet the criteria right, you didn't right these were these were people that met the criteria probably surpassed it very likely did yeah they probably surpassed it right you didn't even meet the criteria and you have the nerve and audacity to take it to the supreme court love it oh that's that white privilege child. yes but may we all come back as a privileged white woman <laughs> may we all return <laughs> And, and and be the epic Miss Daisy. Either that or a privileged dog. One yes. of the two. They're, they're what and what. Yes. Oh goodness! So this election, um, you know, what what what? To say? I don't really know where to start. All I know is, oh, I don't know if y'all saw that post that I just did. We're starting to do fully wang of the day on the site. Okay. And I okay. straight gave it to Donald Trump yesterday for that foolish Black History Month meeting, not event. Oh Black God. History Month meeting. Was it too hard for him to just call up a, a, a HBCU? At the, Omarosa, by the way, went to an HBCU, but that's beside the point. She was right there front and center claiming that she's doing all this greatness for the blacks. Who are the, but we still blacks? had this. Which, which I don't know which black. I don't know which, to? I don't know who where these people are. Where are her blacks? Where are her blacks located? I, don't know. I would love to know where her blacks are located. But she I don't allowed. Know she allowed that to happen. This this speech that Donald Trump gave, and I'm going to play a little bit of it for y'all. Uh, well, this is Black History Month, so this is our little breakfast, our little get together. Hi, Lynn. How are Hi, you? Hi. How are you? Good, nice to see you. <laughs> and just a few notes. Uh, during this month, we honor the tremendous history of the African-Americans throughout our country, throughout the world, if you really think about it, right? I've gotten a real glimpse during the campaign. I'd go around with Ben to a lot of different places that I wasn't so familiar with. They're incredible people. Absolutely. And I want to thank Ben Carson, who's going to be heading up HUD. That's a big job. <laughs> and it's a job that's not only housing, it's mind and spirit, right? Ben? And you understand yeah. nobody's going to be better than Ben. I am very proud now that we have a museum in the National Mall where people can learn about Reverend King, so many other things. Frederick Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more, I notice. The speech that he gave was basically talking about, I want to help blacks in the inner city. I want more black votes next time. And Ben Carson, thanks for introducing me to blacks. Oh, and but, Frederick but, um, Douglass, you're doing a great you're doing a great I hear job. You're doing, you're you're doing, doing great, great, you're, great I hear things. You're doing great things. You're doing more and more. You're getting publicity for the great things you're he's, doing. He's been dead for a century. I, I, I honestly believe. I honestly believe that he does not have prepared remarks ever. I believe that he has is such a narcissist mm -hmm. that he believes that he can always speak on the fly mm -hmm. and nobody can tell him otherwise well that's white privilege when no one has checked you you've you've actually gone and gotten an ivy league education allegedly no you've bought your ivy league <laughs> education like him jared his his son-in-law 
they've all bought their educations and no problem because that's what you can do when you have enough money again. But so education doesn't buy class and cooth or common sense or humility. No problem. But I believe that these things are going to continue to happen because there's no way to prepare. They can give him speaking points, which is what they probably did. They probably said Frederick Douglass is a good icon to mention here. And he just, Frederick Douglass, I got it, I got it, I got it. (laughs) And went and spoke. Like, honestly, I don't know. I honestly don't have any words for Donald. Right. Um, And I don't, as of today, I no longer, honestly, I'm interested in engaging with anyone that supports him. Right. That voted him. Like, I think up until this morning or maybe even last night, I think I was interested. Like, I wasn't interested, but I was open to dialoguing and hoping to understand and potentially help you understand where I was coming from. Right. But as I was sharing with you earlier, um, I am... I'm, I'm the child of two immigrants. Right. My parents um, immigrated here from Panama. My father chose to become a citizen. My mother did not. Not a problem. And where's your mother from? My mother's from Panama as well. They're both oh, Panamanian. Both. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but she has a green card. She's a legal resident of this country. Okay. And so she pays taxes. She's worked here for over, f- she's retired at this point. So uh-huh. she's worked here for almost 50 years. Um. Yeah, well over fifty years. Is there a cutoff for the for the green card? You go and you renew every every five years or so. So she's, she's been renewing it every five years. Every five years she goes wow. and renews. So she's obviously been vetted consistently. Right. And again, pays her taxes every single year. The most law abiding citizen does not vote. Does not get involved in politics. Pays attention, but is but respectful. Could she, could she vote? She I can't know. vote. Right. She cannot because vote. I remember Nicki Minaj right. said the same thing. She cannot vote. Um, but you know is is paying attention to current events and is a contributing member of this of society has right. always been yesterday i read an article where someone with a green card was coming back from trinidad a trinidadian green card holder mm-hmm. and they got stopped and held at the airport mm-hmm. again green card holders are people that have been thoroughly vetted mm-hmm. have are paying taxes and have built lives here they simply have chosen not to become citizens of this country and this happened yesterday afternoon but earlier in the day i was hanging out with my mom and she said to me i'm not comfortable coming to see you anymore because i don't live in new york anymore i don't mm-hmm. live in the east coast i now live in california and i was asking her, you know mom I, I wish you would come out to california and spend some time with me like mm-hmm. i haven't seen my mom's my best friend and she was like I'm going to tell you this. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm not comfortable coming out to see you. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't want to. I don't want to get on the plane. I see everything going Did on. Did she go before? Has she yes, gone before? She, she, okay. She went. She came to visit me last year. She, mm-hmm. You know, the plan is for her to come and spend a couple months. Um, now that she's retired and has more time. And I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she was like, no, like, I'm looking at the news, all these bands. She's like, Mitzi, I just don't think that it's safe. And I don't want to get caught up. And my mother is elderly. She's 70-something years old. Yeah. I don't want her to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And I don't want her to not come spend time with me because she's may wind up in a damn airport. Mm-hmm. And when we had the conversation, I was like, Mom, you know, I'm, I'm like, Mom, don't be ridiculous. Like, you're from Panama. It's not a country that's on the list. Like, they're not thinking about you. And you have your green card. Like, you'll be okay. Then later on, I see this article. And I'm like, I can't. And it did happen to. And it has happened. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell her that. And I can't and I can't promise her that she'll be OK, even though she's been in this country for over 50 years. 
And I think that that's the main, I know that the right likes to say, oh, the left is just going crazy and they're just, they're just making a big deal out of something that hasn't happened yet. Here's the deal. We, I don't even, if you want to call us the left, whatever you want to call you it, want me whatever you want to call whatever, we see a slippery slope. And the reason why we see a slippery slope is because we're not of the privileged percentage that you are, meaning, you know, white America or the right. We're not that, pri- so it's like we, we've been, a victim of the slippery slope mentality. And the shenanigans before. And this is just a repeat. We're, mm-hmm. we're paying attention. We've already been affected by it. We know our history. Yep. Like we've had no choice but to adjust and be aware of everyone else all these years. Right. And so I said, like, as of last night, mm-hmm. I am now, I'm no longer interested in the lies that you want to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer interested in hearing about how this is God's will mm-hmm. because it's not. No, this I'm no longer interested in hearing how we are blowing things out of proportion and that this is not an obvious attempt at tyranny and a coup. Mm-hmm. Like it can't get more obvious. <laughs> it cannot get more obvious. It is not about it's a like I'm not living in a bubble. And I understand that people don't really you don't feel it till it affects you. And that's the thing. They love to say that we need to respect the fact that the Rust Belt voted in Donald Trump because it hit their bottom line and their wallets. That's a whole nother subject that I'll get to because it has nothing to do with anybody taking your job. It has to do with you not developing your job properly. Because jobs properly. are not coming back to the Rust Belt. It will Belt. never come back to the Rust Belt. Technology is too it, far advanced for it, anybody. A to robot be, took your job, uh, not a, not right. an immigrant. So, it, no. Right. <laughs> like, there is not enough. There is not enough. But this is what they think. Pay, right. That's what they think. And if we want to go there, fine, let's work with that argument somebody allegedly took your job somebody somewhere took which one which job were you willing to do that an immigrant took were you gonna go clean gutters is that what you wanted to do were you going to go work in the 7-eleven because nine out of ten no what you were gonna do was sit in your trailer park and collect great checks from the government and have babies and and smoke meth that's what y'all were going to do, okay? You weren't going to get up at the crack of dawn and stand on a corner and hope that somebody drew by, drove by in a pickup truck and you could go build a roof or cut some hedges. No. You were going to sit around and, and give each other herpes and STDs and talk about niggers and figure out how to, to, to sew up your clueless cape that you found yeah. from your great uncle. That's what you were going to do. I mean, pretty much what she said. <laughs> And the thing about that is just like how it hit you guys in your wallet and you're voting strictly based on, oh, well, I feel it and it hits me personally. This hits us personally because as a black woman, I already know I want to go to Cuba for my birthday. Now I'm like, child, I know how people like to take, <laughs> I know how people like to take an inch and run a mile. They'll be like, oh, who is black girl coming back from Cuba? Nope. Detain her because I don't know if she could be a terrorist. I mean, and that's exactly just, why I went the week before he was inaugurated because so nobody, jealous. because you're just like. Anybody got time I, for I that? I know I'm next. I know blacks are next. It's like, yeah, this is... We're absolutely... 100%. They're just waiting it's on a way. It's not a conspiracy theory. No. And it's proven itself over and over and, and over. And it's exhausting. It's been exhausting. It's exhausting to live with your heart in your throat and to mm. feel like nobody else sees you. But the cool thing is, or not cool thing is, with all these protests, with all these people resisting, the only... The, we can take solace in that we're not alone. Right? That's true. I know that this happened to me and that I'm scared, but there are other people that are just as frightened. And I also see people and this. Finally, I was like, I want just somebody from the right to just say what they really feel, what they're really scared about. And I finally start to see it. They're like, oh, if you're OK with 20 percent of America being brown and Muslim, then then fine. Keep protesting and do what you want to do. All right. Call it what it is. 
Thank you for saying it. Because here's the deal. I am brown. I'm not Muslim, but I am brown. So I don't give a damn that America's 20% brown. It's always going, it's going to be more than that very, very soon. So I don't care. I don't care. You care because you're scared about your, this is all just a metaphor for your fear of whiteness being taken your fear Absolutely. of whiteness not being on top. That's all it is. You losing your power as a white man or a white woman. That's what all of this that we're seeing is about. In way, in some ways, I understand. As a human being, I understand that, you know, equality feels like oppression to an oppressor. I get it. I get why you're upset. But let's use logic here. <laughs> Please. I mean, let's use human, let's use Let's human, be empathetic. Yeah, let's, let's like just. Let's use a little bit of empathy. Let's use logic. How do you sleep at night? Like, how, I can't. All these decisions are bred out of fear. Yeah. And, you, and it's difficult to fight fear. And because I am this, I'm not fearful of myself. So I don't, I'm not 100% sure what these people are fearful of, especially seeing as though most people that are being killed in this country are being killed by white supremacist christians I so mean, i mean i'm just, that's what i'm scared of I, i'm scared i exactly like i'm scared of white men i i I'm, I'm walking around looking at these young white men and i'm like yeah they're killers but you know they're called loners whenever they do something like this and it's a mental illness which it is it is a mental illness but it's a mental illness no matter who if you can murder someone you're mentally ill Absolutely. no matter what across the board Absolutely. so that's i want people i don't know if you know who who listens outside of their comfort zone but if you're a person that is co-signing this these bands that have not necessarily taken off and just gone crazy but if you can see why we feel that slippery slope and we want to stop it before it starts it's too late we don't want to sit back and wait until everybody's deported and then be like oh should we have said something we don't want that we're well, saying the it thing now is, it's not even just it it is the bands but it's also this new the behavior yeah. of the administration why are we walking around threatening everybody? Like, we can't get it. Um, you have Nikki Haley at the UN talking about we're taking names. Chick, of what? Are, you, are you crazy? Of who? Are you, are you, so you're going to alienate is she all Native of our American? Allies? She's Native American, She's right? She's partially Native American. So she what? said, but this administration is taking names of the allies that don't have our backs. Homie? We about to be all alone. 100%. This is about isolationism. And please believe every great empire has to fall. That is history. The People, Roman Empire fell. The Chinese Empire mm -hmm. fell. Every great empire. The Russian Empire fell. We are living at the end of the American Empire. And I really it hurts. Hope that's not true. And so, you know why I don't want it to be true? Because I don't want to live through it. Right. But if you look around, that's our reality. Well, we just ostracized Australia the other day by uh, getting rid of some agreement about, listen, you know, we sending deportees here. Australia, and, when Donald hung up on the prime hung minister. Hung up on him, yeah. Talking about he was tired. I've never, I have never heard this of is a where business we are. call. Like, this I've never heard of the president hanging up on the prime minister or any, any delegate official delegate of a country because you're tired of talking where's your protocol where's your home training he doesn't Let's care get back to the basics like who hangs up on people in 2017 but he doesn't care this is what got him elected so he feels like this is what he should continue to do and what i've noticed is you know people love a shake-up because they feel like I'm at my wit's end with my wallet looking how it looks and my job situation looking how it looks. But me too. I can only, but this is how they feel. They feel like they're entitled to something better. So wh whoever can bring that to me, 
Come bring it to me by any means necessary. Just like we say the same thing, but it's not okay when we say that. But when they say by any means necessary, they mean Donald Trump. And we're supposed to sit back and say thank you and okay, we'll co-sign. Well, here's my thing. When it goes down, when it goes down, because certain things are, are, are eventual, I just want it to go down in the Rust Belt. I just don't want it to go down in New York. Right. I don't want it to go down in Los Angeles. I right. don't want it to go down in any of the states that were smart enough to say, you know what, we need change, but this isn't it. This isn't right. it. Like, yes, we're all tired, we're all hurting, but crazy isn't the way. But like, a lot of people think crazy you, is the cause, way. Because we've got all these these military, these police, that, 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 that walking around talking about, they looking for a problem. That's why we have all this aggression, right? right. You don't really want it, sir. Right. Because your little piece of gun, is nothing compared to somebody that's ready to die. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've always said. Like what we don't have that these other countries have is they are all willing to die for that's it. That's true. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. And I don't want anybody that I care about to be a part of the shenanigans either. I don't want the draft reinstated. I don't want girls to have to register. And I will. didn't ask for that. Before you worry about making me equal in the military, me, my daughter or my cousin or a little girl that I care about, that kind of equality, pay us equally first. Let's start mm -hmm. with baby steps. Like, I'm not here for it. When they blow up the airports, I don't want to be in it. Mm -hmm. Like, can that happen at, 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 a, at an alt-right convention? Like, I just want them to be very specific with where, where they go and drop these bombs right. and who they going to hurt because it's not all of us. Well, we all know, you know, it's game theory. You know, creating war creates economy. Allegedly creates an economy. It creates the, 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 illusion. the illusion of an economy. And that's what a lot of, it's a, it's a male ego thing. And it's definitely a predominantly white thing. Um, but it's definitely more of a male thing than it is a race thing. Right. And that's something that Donald, any, any narcissist will capitalize on. So he wants to create the chaos so that he can come in and have an excuse to have a war to clear the chaos. That's, that's where we're at. I think that's the bottom line of it. I don't think that Donald wakes up and says, I hate black people. I don't even think he knows who black people are. I don't think he cares. I don't at think all. he even understands. I think he sees this as a way to create chaos. So His he's legacy doing it. is the wall. His legacy. His legacy is war the, are, and the wall and to say and, and to bands. assert power. Exactly. His legacy and is that's where power. We are. And, and, and so being quiet, not resisting is basically co-signing at this point. For people that are like, what's the point? I, I, I can't be bothered. Like, Could you imagine if everybody was 100% quiet? Could you imagine that? I started thinking that in my head. I was like, yeah, I do get annoyed when people only protest. It's because I'm I'm, I'm over it. I'm, I'm now focused on 2018. We have a plan for YBF actually about how to promote congressmen for 2018. Um, that's what I care about. But if you could you imagine that you, if you never heard a peep outside about what's going on? But that's what they want. But that's what we don't need. Like we do need we do need the craziness. We we need to continually have voices, and that's what they're attempting to do by censoring the media by only speaking where he wants to be. Heard. And they just pass laws to say that you know, in different different laws and, for different states that you can get arrested for standing in the in the highway. Um, now yeah, cars and, are allowed to run over protesters. Absolutely. Not only they're allowed to, like you'll have to pay for the amount of damages and whatever over time. The police like you're liable for that. These are all basic rights. This is how this country was founded. Mm. 
we they not, forgot that though. They, they forgot don't. about the tea party. They, they forgot did. about the, the the settlers that lived here. They forgot about the literal the, the tea party that just came into power a few years ago, literally. And that was their entire job is to block the president. And you know what? I never was horribly mad at it because I said actually they did it according to the law. It, it was policy. Well, not policy. It was politics. It was strategy. Mm-hmm. It made sense. And I was like, actually, we need to do the same thing. Absolutely. But now they're mad that we're blocking, you know, oh, you're not going to approve the Supreme Court. Uh, I'm sorry. Just a month ago. Just a month ago. You you all said that you're not approving anyone. But now it's a problem. That's cool. But this is where we are. It's hypocrisy left and right. So it takes for you to understand your history. And by history, I mean one to two weeks ago. Always remember. (laughs) And it also takes a willingness to be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. Like not everybody's going to go out to the airport. And in protest, I'm not. I'm probably not going out to the airport protesting. <laughs> but I'll, pro- yeah. I'm, I'm just being honest. Like I'm not. However, I am protesting with my dollars, and I'm protesting in who I allow in my space. Yeah. And I'm protesting what what kind of media I give attention to. I'm not turning on. I'm not giving any ratings to Donald and the shenanigans. Right. When he had the little the virtual beauty pageant. For the Supreme Court justice, I'm not watching that because that's what matters. I didn't even realize he was doing this. That, that's like, so crazy. I'm just not. I'm. I'm just not. Like I'm. If I see incorrect media, I'm correcting you. Right. When you see the shenanigans, I'm calling you out. That's what we got to do. Y'all. you have to tell the truth. As long as you're comfortable telling you the truth, you're doing your part. Well, somebody that did take some attention away from the Donald is Beyonce. Uh, oh my God, y'all! <laughs> our bestie is pregnant with twins. Wow! And by our, I mean all of us, the collective Beehive. Our bestie is pregnant, mm-hmm. and I am extremely, extremely excited for her. I was actually kind of annoyed because I thought yesterday was going to be a chill day for me. I thought, okay, we can get these posts up, and I actually don't have five thousand meetings. I'm going to be getting a little early. This heifer. Wait, you weren't buying into the whole Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, or have a kids line coming no up? One that didn't ma- no, no one cares. No one cares. Look who you're talking to. You know, I, I definitely don't care. Um, and then all of a sudden, Beyonce just, as she usually does, just willy nilly throws up a picture, big and pregnant, talking about, so yeah, me and, me and Jay are, you know, having a baby. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, we're having two. We're double blessed. <laughs> what like me I, we were screaming in here like just the nonchalant way she does stuff it it's pisses lazy. me off but i love it you know it's the only way i love it because she essentially reasserts that privacy line over and over but it also shows you if you really want a privacy you can have it so all these celebs that be complaining and be oh people are all in my business stop it that's stop a lie it. that's a lie you're putting it out that's there beyonce's the biggest star in the world not the country the world and she kept all of this a secret so stop it we ain't even seen her in a month we knew something was up by the way it, did you know oh yeah because she wasn't at the Obama's final bash. And I was like, hmm, they're best Ooh, friends. Why wouldn't okay. she be there? Okay. And then we have not seen her. Not not a candid, not a nothing. Blue Ivy had a birthday party, not one picture. Kim and Kanye were there, so I assume that. They just didn't want to be seen with them? Yes. Okay. That's what I assumed. Okay. Um, but no, I, I knew. I was like, is she going to come out with an album to like Trump Trump? That would be That would be epic. And then we didn't see an album on Inauguration Day. Can you imagine if Beyonce dropped an album on Inauguration Day? That's what we wanted her to do. And we thought that's what she was going to do. That would have been everything. So I was like, no, it's got to be something else. It's something big. It's and here bigger. We are. It's bigger. It's bigger. Kim K weeps, by the way. <sighs> weeps. I, I, I mean, 
is she able to cry and create genuine <laughs> tears anymore? Or she like, cries Botox, but you know, okay. um, Kim is probably so mad because she just knew this is but about her, to be her comeback. But even honey. when, but her announcement came out and there was no reaction to it, and Beyonce's didn't come out till hours later. Well, I'm saying that Kim has been on the comeback tip for the last week, mm, week or so, week or so. Like, well, since I want to say. Almost the last month, because she started posting those. Oh, we're so middle class pictures, you know, at Ooh, at Ruben's well, at, at at the producer's house. Um, and everybody's like, "Whose house are y'all at?" And it was these like vintage style filters on the photos. You know what I think? And I they were in this kitchen, in this ratchet kitchen. Like it was like middle class Chicago. That's what it looked like. So is that what happens after you get robbed at gunpoint? I think that I she's think trying to one erase her wholeness because you know when you step back and don't be seen. People forget that you was a hoe. And so you can now re redo your entire image. And that's what I thought she you know, people don't have a people have short memories. And she was like, Oh, if I step away and I go away, they won't remember when I come back. I thought she was just gonna go away to get her her body reshaped again. That's I think what she did I that really as well. did. 100%. I thought she was gonna step away to take it down a little bit. She did so that it appears a little bit more natural. Because she had, okay, so she's had the two kids, so she doesn't have to give, you know, give birth again anytime she soon. She said she doesn't want to. She doesn't want any more. She has two, sweetie. She, no, said, she doesn't. She doesn't want any. She, does, she doesn't want she to. doesn't want to. No, she doesn't she want to. T-O, T-O. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to oh, have Oh, she doesn't want to have yeah. Right. I was like, <laughs> babe, she already got two. She no, can't no, no, say no. she doesn't want them. Um, okay. Yeah. So now would be the time to completely change everyone. Like, everything. Oh. Like, take it all the way down. You had Kanye getting hospitalized as a great distraction. It was all, this was all part of the comeback. And if y'all don't think it was, I don't know what to tell you. I done told y'all the many ways that these people be lying and creating these images and creating this foolishness. Right. And it's just interesting because, again, we all pray for Kanye. Do we? <laughs> Ma'am. I hear, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe that we pray for Kanye from a distance. The way oh, okay. you, okay. We all pray for his health and what, health and happiness mm-hmm. because he's a human okay. okay however i do find it ironic that the only way to legally get out of the concert mm. dates that he was obligated to show up at without losing money is to have been hospitalized the, there's a little bit of irony in that um but i do pray that he gets any help if necessary he needs to get away from that family that's what would help his health think, and wellness yeah but i think that that is his family now like and that's and, the problem problem case in point but whatever that's neither here nor there all i know is that kim thought this was about to be her comeback year honey she said 2017 is mine and beyonce said oh not so Actually, fast girl not so, so what are, fast. So, are, so what do we i mean twins and it's she's a lot. And she's on it like she has she dropped another huge maternity photo shoot she dropped that one maternity photo right and then it's this all morning themed, right mermaid it's, it's sort like of like she did an underwater part then she has blue ivy as part of it i think it's more artistic people were calling it a jc penny shoot i Ooh, thought it was just they? yeah because it's you know it's like that background at jc penny but i think it was more of an artistic modern it, fun situation but then jc penny chimed in Somebody tweeted JCPenney. Oh, this looks like one of those JCPenney backgrounds. And JCPenney retweeted and said, um, twirl on my haters. And then they also oh retweeted and God. said, um, y'all haters corny. Oh, my God. It was, I was like, where's my JCPenney card? Like, why, I don't remember why are they going to make people one? run to JCPenney right now? That's are there any JCPenney still open? I will are they only online? I don't I, know. Isn't there one in 34th Street? I'm not familiar with 
I think there used to be one on 34th Street. I think they closed all of them. If not, I will go support with a card or something. Well played, JCPenney. Well played. Okay, here's what, but I mean, twins. Wow, right? Yeah, I'm I'm assuming she got in vitro, assuming. Because right. from what we know, twins don't run in either of their families. So Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they don't. We no, just, they can't. Um and even if she did good for her, and I wouldn't be surprised only because she did share that she had difficulty. She had she had yeah. a horrible miscarriage and she had a, a horrible first pregnancy too. It it would not matter. It, it's just, you know it, it's done so much now. It's almost like people cares? that have yeah. twins naturally, it's almost like a little it's weird, right? Yeah, it's yeah. now become unusual. Like, like a lot of my friends have had IVF, so I don't. It, it doesn't. It, right. It's no different. Um, and I mean, if you have the money and the access and the and the time and all those things, and if you're gonna have to have it. a medically monitored pregnancy anyway, you might as well. There you go. Get all and the she's bang also for your 35, buck. So it, it there was a lot of risk involved. So I mean, I'm so happy for her because it's like you know, as women, this is really what I want to talk about. Talk about the story as women. It's you you when you're little you're like oh i'm gonna have it all i'm gonna have kids and a husband and a job you don't realize until you start getting into those positions at late 20s mid mid 20s late 20s how almost impossible that is at least to have it at the same time and it's almost like beyonce's kind of giving us a blueprint with no y'all it really can be done maybe not all at once but it will be done over a period of time and eventually you'll be able to stand up and say i have my one two three four whatever how many kids i got my husband and i have a ridiculously illustrious career as well i sometimes keep it real with y'all sometimes i think it's impossible i hate the word impossible i know you know that i I I don't believe in impossible i do think it can be challenging i think we there's a lot of unforeseen things that unfortunately hold women back a little bit further <sighs> in, in attaining everything that we want. Yeah. Um, and there are compromises that we're forced to make that men never even think twice about. You never have to make. Um, I don't know that I would consider Beyonce my blueprint. I, I do think she's amazing, but I don't know that I would consider her my blueprint. Um, but I do think that if she does inspire people to feel like it can be done, then that's amazing. Mm-hmm. If she does normalize the process of in vitro even further than it already is, fantastic. And normalize marriage and normalize right. a if, family. Right. If you, she's normalized a, a, a working marriage, that things aren't always 100%, but you thug it out and mm-hmm. you stay together because that's, that's, that's what marriage looks like. Right, that yeah. nothing is perfect, but we—that's what every relationship, looks right? Like. That's what every relationship looks like. But if if he's your person or she's your person, or then you you figure out how to make it work, and mm-hmm. she's normalized the same way the Obamas did, like having some sort of like power black couple, fantastic. We need all the positivity that we yes. can get right now. Yes. Like I'll take it from Beyonce. I'll look on fondly from a distance at Sierra. Oh. Hey. Let's not shade CC. <laughs> I mean, I'll look on finally from a distance. I um, Anyone that's able to really make it work, figure out how to do it and make it work, good for them. Mm-hmm. So what, what what is the issue that people have with Sierra? Why are y'all so mad at CC? I'm not mad at I her. I think she's another blueprint. I think it's amazing to be like, I'm not going to be with this F boy no more. And I'm going to go find what I deserve. Right. Because I'm just not like I'm not I've never been a huge fan of her music like I respect her as an artist you ain't about I would never shade her Mm -hmm. right I was never about the goodies Mm -hmm. that's just my musical taste though Mm -hmm. but as a woman that's why I continue to look on because absolutely right we were so mad at her I was like so what did you want her to do stay there and be messed over at, at um Serena men stay mad 
Men stay oh, mad. Men do. stay mad. People stay mad. Yeah. It's it's people that don't want that don't that find pivoting in their own life challenging mm-hmm. always get upset and ruffled when they see somebody else successfully pivot. And that's all Sierra did. She fell in love. It didn't work out. And like you said, she was like, and I'm on to the next. I'm on to find right. what I truly deserve and what makes me happy. Mm-hmm. People are jealous of people that unabashedly chase happiness. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you like, you really understand that, you you let go a lot of those that are mad at you. And stop trying to please that. You can't, right. People that live in fear don't like people that are fearless. Mm. And that's real. That's real. What Sierra did took courage because she was on a national platform. This man was embarrassing her left and right. Oof. And he was because he, he could, was. right? And But what I think is so amazing is that, to be honest, I feel like even Russell Wilson is providing a blueprint because it's impossible. Absolutely. It's like a unicorn to yeah. find a black man who, one, wants a black woman, two, mm. No, no, no. I'm not saying just by itself. I'm right. saying all the things together. together. To right. be to be in the position that he's in. Mm-hmm. This amazing top quarterback, not even just quarterback, but just a top person in his field, period. Mm-hmm. To be not even about the wealth, just about being at, in the most powerful position in your field. And you were already married and divorced. Right, but wasn't he married and divorced to a white woman? Yes, when we he started? was. Exactly. So it, he was. He, so but he, only for two years and he, they he made the other. pivot. He did. He did. So for that. <laughs> Not for, that it came back home. For that to be, he now appreciates and respects and loves a black woman who had a child with her fiance. Mm-hmm. So it's it, some men like to look at women like that as damaged goods, which I hate. I hate that. But some men do do that. So for this man to be at the top of his game and to be one of the most powerful people in the entire NFL, for him to see this black woman as who she is and the, the way he talks about her and so publicly. It's one thing to talk about somebody, but to talk about them publicly in such a, a admirable, mm-hmm. she is everything to me. She, He said that she lights up a room when she walks in and she leaves it lit when she leaves. I don't hear these things anymore. And it, it, I know people are going to say, oh, love is love. I don't hear it that much from a black man to a black woman. And I don't. And so to to see this happening, it's like, damn, we can right, actually have this. Right. No, no, no. I hear you. Um, I definitely admire how he loves her. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that we have been we're we've been more and more blessed with visuals on how on the type of love that we all aspire to. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think it does give hope, but I do also feel like while that can be one type of love, you don't have to, like, I, I never want to compare and be like, if he's not saying these things about you, then he doesn't love you. That's my oh, only yeah, concern yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I, I do respect and admire Russell Wilson. I'd be curious what lessons he had to learn to get to this point. And that's why I brought up his previous wife, because a lot of times what we don't understand is that men, men with men or people in general, like you go, you have to go through something to come and come out on the other side. Clearly he went through something in that first. People have been asking what, what happened now people there's suspicions that his wife cheated with a teammate there's suspicions that she right. wasn't really here for him right. and i could see that i mean you know there's some not all women are great i get it um, right not all men absolutely are great. so i i think that they were he kept saying that him and sierra equally yoked and i think that 
not just about not just from a faith perspective not just from a mm-hmm. christian perspective but about wanting the same things out of life right. and wanting the same type of partner exactly it's almost impossible to find like people don't realize how lucky and how blessed and how impossible it is to find not that impossible person. challenging how extremely challenging challenging your words matter it's challenging and then a lot of it too, and I'm learning as well, and those of us that are married, because I'm not married either, like it's all a continual learning process, but sometimes you find that person and you have to teach one another how to be mm-hmm. what you want them to be. I, I, I'm as guilty as the next person of wanting someone to show up prepackaged the way that I want them to be. I right. mean, because a lot of times when we look at couples that we admire, we're looking at the finished product. Because you get tired of teaching people. You do get tired, but when you meet your person, they're going to stay in it with you. And those that didn't yeah. stay weren't supposed to be there. That's true. And that shit sucks, yeah. and it hurts, and it's exhausting, but it's all fodder for the tell-all. Mm-hmm. It's all a part of your journey. And it's worth the fight if in the end you, you wind up with that right person. There's nothing more exhausting than seeing someone that just gave up the fight and settled, or, and I hate the word settled, or just decided, like, this is good enough when it wasn't really all they wanted. I think that Sierra and Russell met each other at a time when they were both willing to put in the work and have the honest conversations and be true to one another. Had they met prior, it might Maybe not have not. Right. Exactly. Like Everything she had happens. to go through what she went through. Right. He had to go through what he went through. Most people, like I, my very best friend is on her second marriage. Mm-hmm. Very similar situation. She was divorced. Her new husband is divorced. They, if you see them now, you'd be like fairy tale situation. But if you knew what they both came from, they had to learn a lot. They had to learn a lot, and then they also had to learn how to be each other's fairy tale. Mm. So, how do you feel about um, the dating situation? How do we get? <laughs> how do we get there? Like you, you know, you're unmarried and you mm-hmm. don't have kids, but mm-hmm. you are. You've always gotten on to me about paying more attention to my personal life which yes. I don't do balance balance so how what can you what kind of nuggets can you share about how to cater to that inside of yourself so that you can find that person like we're talking about right I mean it's, it's hard out here but it's not just hard for black women or women of color it's just hard in general people in general are much busier everybody's much busier much more self-centered so finding much more distracted much more distracted so it's just hard to find someone that's ready to lock in the thing is when you i guess you have to put yourself out there to do the search right you're not going to find somebody sitting up in your house working 24 hours a day natasha oh yes you, you you have to go out. You have to actively search. You have to say, I'm. people have to know you're on the market. That's true. There's a lot of times that people naturally assume. Kind of like with business, like we were talking about right. earlier. You have, to, you have to advocate for yourself. Like, you have to make it part of the conversation with anyone. Oh, you know I'm looking, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm out here. If you know somebody. She's being dead and you serious. Have to, I'm being dead serious. <laughs> like, it, ha- it should be a part of our conversations because when you think about it historically, like, People used to get hooked up within their community. Yes. Someone you knew used to introduce you to somebody. Yep. But nowadays, if you're so prideful and so embarrassed to say, like, hey, I'm single, I don't have no kids, and I'm looking, then people assume you good. Right. So you have to put the pride aside and be willing to say, hey, actually, I'm, I'm not, I, my career is fantastic, everything's on track, but I'm, I'm working on this. This is the area I'm working on. So if you know somebody or you know a way <laughs> or what worked for you, listen, I'm, I was out here putting it all in the street, all in the street. And then when you meet people, 
we have to allow ourselves time to date, right? Ooh. And that's exhausting. Oh my god! Because it's, it's something that you can't control. Like we can control our careers. We can control how we interact with our family members and our friends because they know us and they know our languages. But when it comes to meeting romantic partners, you gotta you gotta figure you gotta tri- trial and error. But that that's the problem. It's what that is trial, the problem? It's that trial and error because it's about time. Right? It's about your heart in a way. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't take rejection well. And when I say rejection, <laughs> I mean like, and this is the thing. I think also with women, we have to figure out what dating really means. I, I've talked about on the podcast that I, I don't, I've never dated. I don't know what that means. I've been in long-term relationships since I was 16 years old. I don't know. I've never just, oh, I'm just going to go date somebody. And then we go out here and then we come home. I've never done that. Anybody that I've ever been with, we were friends first because we were either working together or in college or, or high school together. So now I'm taking friends advice and I have been paying more attention to when men say hello and when men say, yo, let me take you out. And I'd be like, I used to be like, nigga, what? I don't know. You ain't going nowhere with you. Bye. <laughs> what you want from me? Like, I could so see I would this. 100% cut it shut off. Up. You shut it down. Oh, I didn't even give it even an ounce of a thought. Now I have over the last few months. I'm like, okay. Okay. If he, if they ask and I guess I'll be like, I'll, you know, I might wait a, Jakiron got on me about waiting like a week to respond but it was because I wasn't sure I wasn't sure because here's the thing too right why are you even waiting a week because I don't know him and it's weird he don't know you either but that didn't stop him from rolling up on you it's weird to go out with someone and my thing is I'd rather hit you back right away like within 24 hours and if you think that that's funny and that's something that you can't respond to then I know that about you and we can move on like I can immediately I can immediately discount you because you're the dude that's going to be like, I got to give her 72 hours. I don't got time for somebody. I might not not be in this state in 72 hours. (laughs) So if you want to play the waiting game, you're not the one for me. I wasn't purposely waiting. I just didn't feel comfortable. I was scared. And I was trying to get advice. Okay, what do you do on a date? What should I do? How do I respond? What what do you mean, what do you do on a date? And why does the date even have to be that serious? Like, why couldn't it be? And I had to learn that. Throughout that week, I learned that. They were like, why don't you just be like, let's go get drinks? Because he did ask about drinks, one one of the three that I'm I'm even thinking about. You see, one of the three. But it's like, when you finally get up the nerve to say, you kind of, well... I, I mean, I guess I'm free on Sunday. Okay, cool. And then either they don't return a call, they don't ever actually follow through, they get ghost, or you feel like they're beating around the bush because all they want is sex anyway. Okay. First of all, you waited seven days. Oh, my God. So there's going to be a little bit of karma on the on the tail uh-uh. end of that. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. You waited seven days. You're going to you catch a little fight because they probably felt like, oh, she playing games too. I still talk to him, though. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure you do, but just be mindful of that. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, if you really genuinely are feeling this way about it, call him on it and walk. Hey. You said we were going to do this. You didn't follow through. You obviously are not interested. And that's fine. I'm glad we got to know each other. Good luck. Like, we also have to be okay calling the ball. Enough is enough. You don't get, like, I can't be mad at you for messing with my emotions if I allow it. I'm cutting you. We need to start cutting people off at the curb. You're right. Instead of, everyone can get a shot. Everyone that you're interested in can get a shot. But if you don't act right, you're done. Yeah. You're done because, again, your person 
is going to act right. Your person is going to show up and show out. But it's like riding a bike. You have to keep doing it. You have to keep working on the skills until you get it right. Ooh. And it's exhausting. Oh, my God. I'm like, so listen, exhausted and, and, already. And the, but the thing is, the work doesn't end when you get in the relationship. Oh, yeah, I know. Every day is a struggle. But at least you know that person wants to be there. We're we're at the stage. No, you don't where it's always like, know. You don't always know. <laughs> Listen, you don't always know, and I don't always know. Like my boyfriend be the first one to appear. He'd be like, "I love her, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh my god." Like, and, and we're we're gonna be we're almost two. I don't even. We'll be like, yeah, we're we're in it. But yeah. there are days when I'd be like. Do you even love me? Like, oh, yeah. nuts? Oh, like, yeah. And, and, and it, there are days when he looks at me, you know, he'll look at me and be like, what are you doing? Like, are, wait, so you don't want, like, nothing is ever perfect. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing even is when guaranteed, you're a even when you're a couple, even when you're married. But if it, if, you, if it touches you, if there's a connection, if you believe that that's your person, then it's worth the fight. Is it not? Because that's what you want. You would fight for it in your career. You would fight for it if it was family. You would fight for it if it was your health. And balance includes a healthy relationship. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being single, though. Let me let me just, oh, for the true. record, like, I would much rather be single and happy than in a shitty relationship oh, and, any day of the week. And this is part of the reason why it's taken me so long to actually give my time of day to someone. Because it's like, at this point in my life, if you're not adding something amazing to my life, but what you is can't ama- be here. But what is amazing, too? Making my because life easier. Making me happy. Is, okay, so here here's what, here's what... I find to be amazing. I think having someone to brainstorm with mm-hmm. and be able to tell the truth to all the time and, and be honest about my fears is amazing. I think it's amazing to have someone that motivates me. I think it's amazing to have someone, when I see him, because we're, we're bicoastal right now, hug me and genuinely be happy to see me. Like you have to define what your amazing is for you. Like what are your needs? Mm -hmm. Like my amazing at the moment is not having somebody pay my bills. My amazing is just having someone that like, if I have a freaking bad day, he will get on a plane and come. Like that is my amazing right now. That's what I need. That's what I need. And I feel like it's difficult to find because you don't know if that person's going to be that until maybe 10 years in. I don't know. Or That's maybe, not true. You know immediately. Then, 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 then these are the right ones then. Because there's even these men that, you know, and I go back and forth with my guy friends okay. who say as as a woman, and I just don't think I'm built for this life, but <laughs> as a woman, you we have to kind of take back some power. And we shouldn't be putting everything in a man's hand now i'm very traditional i'm from the south i get it i'm very much a feminist but i'm also very traditional which is so crazy i know but i do believe a man should pursue me and Mm -hmm. i do believe that a man should show his interest and then i let him know what happens from there but i also don't feel like what my guy friends say is sometimes it shouldn't even matter what he thinks sometimes it should just be you want something, whether it's sex, whether it's company, whether it's this, whether it's that, and you go get it and you leave it at that. That freaks me out. But I have noticed that there are some men that that, that seems to be kind of what they're doing. So why can't we? No, you can absolutely. It's just what is your end goal? If you, if you want sex and that's all that you want, then... Not in life, but I'm saying maybe just from that per because they're saying that you while you're looking quote unquote looking for a husband, you should isolate yourself. 
Exactly. It shouldn't because I used to, I was under the impression of why even give someone the time of day that's not husband material if you're looking for a husband. And they were like, mm, you're a grown ass woman and you still have needs and you still have other right. things. And that you, you don't want to miss out on your life waiting in a right. quote unquote holding pattern waiting yep. for this perfect person. Exactly. I think that you should always position yourself to have your emotional and physical needs met if mm-hmm. you can in a way that you feel is dignified and everyone's level of dignity is different very different so what feels comfortable and okay for you may be completely different from me is probably completely different from the next person Mm. but why sit around and be purposely lonely why sit around and be purposely sad you can find company and it can just be a friend like, and that's okay as long as everyone's clear what it is and they're respectful about it. Mm-hmm. I think as times change, technology is part of our experience now, like our dating experiences, and we have to adjust with it. The way, what you describe is absolutely the way you were raised, and that's fine, and that's what we fall back on. But you're not doing things the same way that your parents did, and we it's want true. different and better results. Like, I look at my parents' um, relationship. They were married, then they got divorced. Like, I respect what they had. I respect that they continue to be friends and help each other out. They're hilarious. Like anytime one has to go to the doctor, the other one is there. They might as well, in my eye, have stayed married, right. but then whatever. But like like they want from me, I want more. And you probably want more than what you saw when you were growing up. So you have to be willing to kind of adjust and go with the flow. It, all our pursuits of happiness are absolutely different. Yeah. But what you need to be is tuned into what you really want and what you really need. My needs are different than the next person's mm. needs. And, but if I start paying more attention to what you need than what I need, I'm always not going to get enough. And I feel like as women, that's what we do a lot of. Yeah, so it's very competitive. Yeah. It's very competitive. It's a lot of comparison, right? You yep. sit around, you talk about your girlfriend, your girlfriend tells you, oh, well, such and such is doing this for me, blah, blah. And suddenly yep. you're like, wait, mine ain't doing that for me. And, yep. you, and you are quick to forget what yours is doing. Yeah. And what the purpose, everyone comes into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so your girl might be with someone that's going to be there for the long haul. You might be there with someone that's just there to make sure that you got in safely every night and gives you conversation before you go to bed. And that's, sometimes that's all a girl wants. And that's all you need for now. For now. That might be all you need for now. It's hard. Isn't it hard, though, Because especially if you're like an, a relationship person and you get attached easily. You're not a relationship and- person. You're romantic. Oh. <sighs> Call it what it is. You're not a relationship person because otherwise you would be in a relationship with any Tom, <laughs> Dick, and Harry that came up to you. You're a romantic and, ide- like, you're very idealistic. I know. You're, and, and that's fine. And I'm not telling you to, like, I would never tell anyone to not be who they because are. Because you know I want to meet my husband by, like, like Charlotte in Sex and the City. I want to get hit by a cab and then he rescues me. He might be a, he might be a surgeon. And that is fine. He, he's going to take me to the emergency room with his friends. Right. And, but here's the thing. When you get hit by that cab, you're going to be so angry. You're going to hate everybody around you. <laughs> and whoever takes you, you're going to be like, sh- you shut the hell up. Don't talk to me. I'm dying. Call right. my mama. Like, right. some things are just made for TV. I know. Oh, God. So, speaking of babies, do you want babies? Of course I want babies. Who would your celeb godmother be? Ooh. If you had to pick a celeb to be the godmother. If I had to pick a celebrity to be the godmother? Yeah. That's a good one. I don't think I've ever thought of a celebrity to be like the godmother. Oprah. Yeah, that's a good one. Oprah. Duh. I want Oprah to be my mother. Right. <laughs> like, I want Oprah to adopt me. And I feel like 
if Oprah was willing to adopt me, my mom would understand. She'd be like, I'd be I like, get it, girl. hey, oh, so it. I'm leaving. Okay? Thanks for everything. She might Bye. She's, she's right. papers. It'll be all She'd good. She'd be fine. She'd be like, I un- me see, I understand. Good luck. <laughs> that would be her. Like, are you kidding? <laughs> Oprah, because not only would they be financially safe if anything happened to me, they would be good people. Because yeah. Oprah is happy. And happy people, like, build the people around them are happy right. and i all i would want if i'm blessed enough to have kids is for them to be happy and fulfilled yeah. honestly you can do no better job like that's the success when you have when your kids are confident know who they are and happy come on you won okay so wait which celeb needs to take a seat like which celeb are you really annoyed you're just over they get under your skin and they need to go away mine right now is lauren hill after the foolishness she just pulled but why are you mad this is not a new foolishness i know you got the nerve to be mad but but it's your fault it's all y'all fault for going to that concert it is their fault for going to the concert listen she's consistent so if we know that right if we know that she averages three hours late this is not a new number for her this is what she does i just want her to be better show up to the concert two hours and 45 minutes late that's what you do i get there early and on time and then be mad and leave and want to talk about it this is who she is i want her to be better i want her to it hurts my feelings that she's not but when was last time you saw her be great miseducation of lauren hill all right i know but y'all i want it back you can we can want a lot of things back Okay. You want Kanye back too? Yeah. Some oh, of, I got so, over that. So, it was it, so painful though, but I got over it. Right. So I don't I don't know that there's a celeb that I'm quote unquote like over. Like really? I feel like the entire there's not one. I feel like the entire Kardashian clan yes. is exhausting. You already know how I feel. Right. And it, and and I feel like they're just exhausting opportunists. Culture vultures. Complete culture vultures. But we continue to give them that floor. Who is we? Because we're not the ones saying that Kim invented the, the pierced nail trend. That's L and Vogue. So I'm not giving them anything. I think the media. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I'm also, uh, yeah, I guess I just, the Kardashians are always the first ones that come to mind because of the overexposure. It's just, oh. it's just way too much. I'm sort of over Steve Harvey. Yes, girl. Uh, I'm over Steve. He Harvey. was our fully wing of the week. Yeah, last I'm week. over Steve Harvey just because you can't continue to capitalize off of our community and then you know. But turn, specify which part of the community, right? Black women. You Thank cannot you. continue to capitalize monetarily and emotionally on black women and then turn your backs on us. By the way, you were also one of the producers on With This Ring. Yes. A movie that came out on Lifetime. Was that two years ago? Yeah. Um, and so, and Nzinga, is that how you pronounce it? Nzinga. Nzinga. Nzinga Stewart also just did Love Love by the Tenth Date. Yes, that I just saw came it. came on on mm-hmm. Saturday. It was so cute. It was super cute. Um, there's a stark difference between those types of movies, rom-com, whatever, however you want to categorize it, and the movies that I feel like Steve Harvey has a hand in. And both of them cater to black women, but I think one is a little bit more condescending and a little bit more, I know more than you and you should do this and you should do that. And it's a little bit of a double standard. That's what has always irked me about Steve. Now I love Steve's blueprint when it comes to business. If I had to mock someone's career, that would be one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that I feel like it's, 
it's preying on the desperations of black women and basically telling them the self-fulfilling prophecy of like, you ain't gonna never get no man if you keep doing this. And then of course she's like so worried about 200,000 things in her head, what she's doing wrong, what she's doing right. Yeah, she eventually scares off every man that comes around because some man is telling her what she should and shouldn't be doing. A man that was married three times and now is married to a, you know, a, a, alleged, a, an alleged um, ex-wife of a drug dealer. So drug alleged. So Lord. two of them because him and his cousin. Okay. You know just what? saying, just saying. So that's who you got with. And I'm not saying it's a problem with it. Marjorie flies hell. But at the same time, it's like, why are we so condescending about other black women? Um, I think that. Or condescending too. I think his tone is part of his ego. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's intentional. I just think that in his mind, he really does believe that he's a relationship expert. Personally, I feel like Marjorie should have been the one writing the book. Can she write a book, please? Because clearly, because, clearly, because that's actually what I'd like to hear. I'd like. To I would hear, love to know. I would love to know how you move through the world and wind up finding this amazing womanizer. And now your two daughters are now his official daughter. He adopted them, and now they're walking in Dior. All of in it. Milan. All of it. I mean, show me the way, Marjorie. But I also feel like as women, we have to take responsibility for allowing men to come in and it, for seeking out male voices to tell us what to do. Because of so much of these new relationship gurus and they're Instagram famous, like they're all these men telling you common sense advice that your girlfriends and your mother have been telling you for years. That's true. And suddenly it feels different when it's packaged from a man. Yeah. When a man tells you, if he treats you like shit on Monday, he gonna treat you like shit on Friday. Oh my God, everything he said was common sense. Everything. You've heard it before. Ugh. You've heard it before. So why are we suddenly amening and putting that up on, taking that to the pulpit? Yeah. We have to, we have to take stock of our own behavior. We have to start giving credit where credit is due. We have to lift our own. There's no, there's a boys club. There's no women's club. It's true. And, it, and, and self-love is at the root of that. I feel like when we and it go and it rears its head in everything. Like people talk about fifty three. What was it? Fifty three percent of white women voted for Trump. My opinion, they voted for Trump because the majority of white women know that they're not strong. They know that when shit hits the fan, they're not gonna be able. And so therefore, they couldn't see another a woman that looked like them in that position because they know how they would fall. Oh, they don't think she can handle it. I know in my heart, I'm able. I know that my friends, if it, when it all goes down, we gonna be all right. So I could look at a Michelle Obama had she been running and say, she looked like me, so I know no matter what happens. And I know what she had to go through to get to where she is. Exactly, she, go, she can handle it. I could look at Hillary, and even though I didn't like a lot, almost the majority of the things that she's done and said, I knew because I know me and I know the women around me that as a woman, she was more than capable. Right. Exactly. As a woman, if we love ourselves, if we believe that we are able, then we should look at one another and be like, if I can do it, she can do it. We can oh, do yeah. it and lift ourselves up the way men be like, well, I have a penis. Everything's going to be good. Yeah. He got a penis. Of course, it's going to be good, too. Automatically. Automatically. I didn't even think about that in that way. I just thought that the, the, a lot of white women... Uh, especially because of the ones I went to school with identify with whatever their husband says and does. Well, that's a part of it too, but they also identify with it because again, they don't believe they can. Yeah. They always needed help. Somebody hooked them up. Somebody carried them. Somebody 
opened the doors. Somebody lifted for them. So they're always a victim. They're right. Everyone. They always back down. So, of course, Hillary was going to do the same when she got in there. We can't afford for the president of our country to be behaving like that. But I don't know women that behave like that. So to me, a woman can absolutely handle that position at Mm -hmm. all times. Mm -hmm. That's so crazy. And that's why we seek advice from men. Hmm. Instead of believing it when our girlfriends, our aunts, our moms, our -hmm. sisters tell us, we need, a lot of us feel like we need to hear it from a man. They're not telling us anything new. Hmm. It, it, this is what we already knew. Oh, ladies, let's trust ourselves. Let us trust ourselves. Okay, so any last words about, you know, just inspirational things about you've pivoted many times in your life. From, I have. From high position to high position to high position. But it's always <laughs> been a... It's I always worked. It's, I know. It's and I know it's worked. always been very difficult for many reasons, lots of obstacles. How do you... What can you tell a listener who is trying to make that leap from point A to point C, not even B to C, like they see C in the, in the, in the distance. And they're like, I know I can get there, but there's 2000 obstacles in my way. Is it even possible? Like I'm exhausted. How? You absolutely can make the leap, but it's not going to be a leap. It's baby steps. Mm. And it comes down to knowing that you're able, like we said earlier, risk is a requirement of success you don't get there without failing you don't get there without being on bended knee everybody that's at the top had a moment where they thought it wasn't possible a lot what was that moment for you man how many um might have been when I was in the hospital waiting on my liver transplant it might have been when um I left Jane magazine and was unemployed for six years and at one point only made thirteen thousand dollars in one year Oh my gosh. Right. Can you imagine only making $13,000 in one year? Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to know that God has you. The universe mm-hmm. God has you. Like whatever your faith is, there's something bigger than you that has your back and there's shoulders that you st- you stand on to be here today. Um, and it's not easy. It's all work. People only see the shine and the glitter. You don't know how many hours are spent toiling in the trenches. So don't be afraid of the work. Like, don't be overwhelmed by the work. And don't take it in as a whole. Like, a lot of people, I think, become overwhelmed and look at it like A to C as opposed to A, A point one, A A 8.3. Reward yourself along the way. Small victories are still victories. Every, like, every, you have to make this conscious decision to be happy you have to make a conscious decision to be successful and to not be deterred a lot of you have to surround yourself with people that are going to keep you moving never underestimate the importance of your circle like your genuine circle are the people that you depend on for emotional support and and know your business are they really cheerleading for you or are they like half-ass bullshitting you are they holding you back because to be a spectator right and wait and you know it in your heart and Mm. that's the thing like everybody has moments where they feel like they can't make it they can't get out of bed who's your lifeline who can you call that's gonna be like yes you can and if not today then definitely tomorrow but you got this because we all need it nobody does it by themselves that's the perception that that people are stand alone but behind everybody at the top is a team of people that believed in them and pushed them so baby steps focus on your team and believe in yourself like that's all you can do that's all you can do 
that's good advice i'm over here taking mental notes even though <laughs> you've told me this for i don't know how many years so sometimes you just gotta hear it over and over oh my god ybf's fully wang of the week goes to all these black pastors sitting up in these meetings with trump that nobody ever heard of i don't even know your name i don't know you why are you ta- why are you speaking why are you speaking on behalf of the Christians and the black Christians at that? So as we talked about earlier, Trump had his Black History Month meeting in a conference room flanked by Amarosa. Can not believe I just said her name? And Dr. Ben Carson, who probably hasn't celebrated Black History Month since he was forced <laughs> to in preschool. Um, Basically. So they, yeah, then they, they pan the room. And I'm like, well, who are these other people at this conference table? I literally did not recognize not one. I mean, we're you're in the middle of D.C. You're in the middle of Chocolate City, so we couldn't. There, there was no one, no one else, no one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so eventually we figure out that he brought in black pastors. I think it's the same black pastors that met with him. Y'all remember during election season when he had that meeting and dragged them in front of the camera, and Amoroso standing in the back, and he's like, "Oh, I'm having a meeting with the black church leaders." I think it was pretty much all those people. Um, one in particular. Scott past the Scott <laughs> who lives in Cleveland from what I'm told had a lot to say about Chicago. Um, <sighs> I guess there was no Chicago black pastor. This is the whole Chicago's literally the Mecca of black pastors. Oh my God. <laughs> I was born and partially raised there. Trust me. It's the Mecca. Apparently he couldn't Trump couldn't find one that day. So this guy, pastor Scott, you know, spoke his piece and, um, Mitzi, you, you, you tell what Pastor Scott had to say. So apparently, and I, I'm trying to find the exact quote because I, I want to be accurate. He sat well, down. Well, Trump's not accurate, so. But we have to be better. Mm. He sat down and said that he had talked to leaders of the gangs. He had talked to oh. the top gang leaders. And they were willing to lower, quote unquote, lower the body count and work with Trump. Okay, this is what he but, said in the meeting. But he said the gangs in Chicago, right? The, the, the gangs in so, Chicago. So how, first of all, we all know who, how gangs work. A gang leader ain't talking to nobody that ain't within his district or his 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 Why vicinity. He's he not talking to anybody. He's he not, does not have to. He does not have to. Wow. So then he's now walked that back a day later. Oh, okay. Yeah, he done found his way. He walked it back. And he said a lack of sleep caused him to misspeak. So who, what was the misspokenness? He actually didn't speak to any gang leaders. Oh, so he was he was hallucinating. And <laughs> I, I he was just, having visions I that, mean, he, had a, that he, he had a talk. Well, right. He said he spoke to a gang member. And that wasn't exactly what they said. Oh, okay. Yeah, so everything was just a lie. Darrell, I'm sorry, Dr. Darrell Scott. Senior pastor of New Revival Center in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. <laughs> oh God, you sir are fully wing material. I just, just where are we going here? So you basically, I feel like he needed something to say. You ever like like it's it's quiet and I haven't added anything. Oh, yeah. and I want to make sure that I get a. Quote. I'm gonna make up something. And right, just I, I want to get a soundbite too. <laughs> Every everybody gets a soundbite. Everybody gets a soundbite. Like. <laughs> Trump's entire presidency is built around being in front of the camera and getting soundbites. But wait, he doubled down while talking. He said, 
they believe in this administration. They, they didn't believe in the prior administration. They told me this out of their mouths. He doubled down on this, but now you're walking back and say, actually, they never told me. He like, was tired. He oh, was tired. Okay. Why are you hating? Because he was tired. Okay. I just, I don't make up stories when I'm tired. I just go to sleep, but is that what you do when you get tired? Just go to sleep. You don't, you don't lie when you get tired. Well, Trump hangs up on people like Australian prime ministers. Right. When he's tired, right. So when he gets tired, he just hangs up the phone. We all are just different. Everybody handles exhaustion differently, apparently. Child, I'm done with him. I'm done with everybody that was at that meeting. I'm definitely done with them two black employees that now work at the White House. Done. Done, done, and done. Toss his hair. YBF's BF of the week goes to New Edition. Not just New Edition, but everybody that played them at every stage. The babies. The older boys, they called them the, I think they called them the, the old, I forgot what he said. The the old group, Michael Bivens said he had a, he had a word for them. Um, but that miniseries documentary on BET, y'all, I think BET just saved their entire network with that one miniseries, okay? It was just like the Jackson 5 all over again. It was like Ike and Tina. It was like the five heartbeats it was like we just finally got another classic that we could watch over and over that actually told a good story i would agree and the fact that the the men worked with the cast made all the difference listen lifetime please please take a note or three vh1 please pay attention for this jodeci biopic that you're about to do i'm hoping that that's not even happening i don't know i know you listen in your heart deep in my heart I think everybody wants BT to do it, but I just want everyone to take notes. Like this was amazing. Yes, there was stop doing stuff against people's will. Aaliyah movie. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> stop it. It was well done. I think it. It definitely there was an audience for it. People cared, and you couldn't have asked for a better response. Yes. Like when you tap into what so many people care about. And you commit to doing the work, to marketing it, to publicizing it, and to involving all the the important relevant parties. Like the fact that they went back and got Brooks, right, mattered so right, much. Like right. the fact that the, he was an exec producer on the project, yeah, that speaks volumes. Yeah, you know, Aww. and the fact that they were willing to be honest and air dirty laundry that had previously um like right. who, who, who was ready for who was ready for the drug saying, addiction who why didn't we that? why didn't we know any of this going the fights at the at the they fought everywhere in yeah, the bathroom on social stage. media was missing so we didn't have social media we didn't have social media but nobody told their cousin yo i went to the new edition concert last night and they started the beating each other's ass on stage <laughs> and they probably did but that was when you used to have to pay like per minute on a phone call so you had to make decisions <laughs> about what you talked about That's come on true. come through i can't call you in That's detroit true. for a dollar fifty a minute and talk about a new edition i gotta talk about my mother and get off the phone <laughs> stop it so i appreciate everything that they did and um i just want to say something about new edition themselves and bbd um i i think that it's just it's a lost it's a lost art form when it comes to celebrities and talent that that appreciate their fans and that understand media and that understand fans i went to the bbd dinner um they came out with a new album called three stripes um they released it perfectly on time right i think like the friday after the last the last uh you know final installment and now it's like number two on itunes chart and all that but 
what I noticed is as soon as they walked into the restaurant, they knew, and we're media, but we're also fans. They knew everybody in the room, including us. Now we're, we're probably the youngest media in that room. Um, and they were like, yo, I remember when y'all, I read your site, you covered us and you talked about this, this, and this last year. And I was like, dang, how Michael Bivens knew that? Called me out and aired me, aired me out to Ronnie about my crush on him. Ooh, I was Ooh. so, I was so embarrassed, child. And but, I'm literally, he, but that ain't new because all of us had a crush on Ronnie. But no, no, like I said this a year ago and he, and Mike was like, yo, I remember you said something on the, on, it was all of us on a red carpet and you only singled out Ronnie talking about, hey, Ronnie. And he was like, <laughs> I read your site. I know that means you have a crush. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Welp. Well, <laughs> told him everything. I was like, that man's a married man. Don't be, but anyway, I love <laughs> the fact that they just like, and, and my and my executive assistant, Jamisha, that, that, you know, she loves them and she went to their concert like five, six years ago. Why did he remember her? Talked about, that. oh, you came up from D.C.? I saw you on D.C. when we did a concert there. What? Like, these are the things that now when you go into a listening party or you go into, like, a meet and greet with a celeb, they surrounded by 2,000 people. You can't talk to them. They don't even know how to speak. They don't know what they're doing. And it's like, for these dudes to walk in the room, dapping up everybody, like, yo, what's up? Like, they ain't have no security. It's none of that. And these are, I mean, legends. Oh, they, they came up before. They are legends, but they also came up before the VIP rope was oh, yeah. Like, yeah. there was a time that all celebrities were offering that much access. Mm-hmm. Um, now I just feel like celebrities feel, are under the impression that they offer access through social media and that's enough. That's enough. But you have to know how to talk to people, not just media, but your 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 fans. fans and appreciate them and remember them and understand that they paid money to see you and that they expect a certain lauren hill they expect certain things y'all gonna leave lauren alone and you you need to respect that and yes you should expect certain things i'm gonna go back to defending lauren you should expect her to be three hours late (laughs) Mm. so do not show up on time and be mad well look bbd and new edition are all still killing it i feel like they need to headline essence fest but they're still killing it and they're what 50 I mean, this is... You said, and they're 50, like they're about to die. Stop <laughs> it! No, I just, I just know there's 20... 50 and a head no, into the cough. There's 20-year-olds in this game that can't move a lick. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Shout out to BET. Shout out to New yeah. Edition. Shout, shout out to all the artists that know how to show appreciation for the people that have kept them relevant and continue to support them. Yes. And um, I think BET's on to something. Their next move is what? Do you know? Do you know anything they're doing next? No. I think you do. You're just trying to hold out. I can neither confirm nor deny. I just mm-hmm. know that BT is very serious about regaining our trust. They're doing that Nas series. They, they. That's gonna be good. Yes. Very excited about the Nas series. Good. I'm a huge Nas fan. Yeah. Did you see the the what's it Showtime? Um, when he did that, the the film. Yeah, it was about his. It came out at the same time as when his he album. went back to the school. Um, no. When he went and talked to the. It was basically like his docu series about his life. Mm-mm. It was like on Showtime, I believe. You know what I'm talking about? So good. Was it? So good. Um, so yeah, congrats to everybody involved. Shout out to BBD and shout out to New Edition. Thanks for appreciating fans and media. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. I love talking with you. I know. Speaking any last um any last things about no, Rainforest just, and, no, okay, and so, next yeah, project. Quad, we 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 are in the process of fil- finishing up signing the paperwork on a new pilot. Um, For and what? I 
and you'll be the first to know when the, when the yes. ink is dry and working on a couple deals and you know life is good but it's it's a hustle and I'm excited and I'm really proud to be working with Rob Hardy and be a part of this journey and you know this is my second career so I'm nervous but we'll see you know everything everything happens for a reason what's mine is for me and we gotta keep it moving absolutely and y'all aren't working with Will Packer anymore no okay. Will is a, we all went to fam together Will is a right. friend friend to, you know friend of the family okay but he has Will Packer Productions and gotcha. Rainforest Entertainment perfect got it um I'm excited to see what's next for y'all so I mean they I. handing out they handing out like deals to everybody I mean I saw like five different deals being made yesterday I mean first look deals reality documentary deals listen it, it looks it looks like they're handing them out but they're it's a little bit harder than that but oh, lord course. willing lord willing we'll be we'll be in the receiving i'm line. sure you will <laughs> i'm sure well thank you so much for being here and i hope that thank y'all got you. some really good information and some good jewels out of this podcast right here and um yeah that's all we got y'all thank you <laughs> the quad airs every wednesday wednesday BT, what BT. time? It might go to nine, but right now it's a ten because of the Madiba. Ten p.m. right now because of the Madiba miniseries. Yes. Go yes. watch it, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, Mitzi, and oh my God, oh, Aston. Aston. We thank you too, Aston. Yes, we thank you as well. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bands, I'm buying it. All I see is green.